Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. It's good to see you, and it's good to be back. Um, I have missed this place. Uh, I am not 100% yet. You probably hear that in my voice, Um, and it's going through our family, but uh, hey, we're here, and God is good. I want to say thank you uh, to everyone who who picks up the pieces and just runs with what they need to do. Carrie's been uh, amazing, and so... Big shout out to her. Love working with Carrie. Um, yeah, good stuff. I've had, I want to say thank you to the people who, um, who reached out. And there was a bunch of you who reached out. Actually, last Sunday, um, someone was, uh, they were at a restaurant and they literally texted. They're like, hey, we're at this restaurant. Would you like uh, us to pick you up food. And normally I'm the kind of guy that's like, nah, we're good. But that was the perfect moment for that. And so just so grateful how God works with that. That was awesome. I really feel the love there. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my sister today who lives in Minnesota. It's her birthday today. So happy birthday, Mary Beth. Uh, I called uh, them this week and talked trash because my football team plays your football team. And uh, we are going to get that win today. So I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. We're a football church. Just, I'm just saying. Um, so, uh, before I actually jump into, I have water by my side. If I go into a coughing fit, I'm good. I'll be okay. So I got this, um, virus, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I was thinking uh, about viruses because what, the, what it does is it, these bad viruses attach and they multiply and they're out to kill and destroy all the good stuff. That's the whole reason for a virus's existence. And so when I came down with COVID-19, um, I was alive I was alive. I, I, could, I could eat a little bit. I could sleep a little bit. I was relegated uh, to the basement. Uh, that was not fun. My family, I think they love me. They just did not want to be around me. My dog didn't even want to be around me. My poor puppy. I couldn't sleep in my own bed, which is awful when you're trying to sleep on a pull-out couch. But here's the deal. Life wasn't that great. I was alive. I was existing. But life was not that great. I was surviving. I was not living life in abundance or to the full. And it reminded me of the verse in John chapter 10, verse 10, which a lot of you know, Jesus says, I have come so that you could have life and live life to the full. I want you to get that verse in your head and your mind today. If you want some homework, memorize this verse. I've come so that you might have life and have it to the full. Some of your versions of Bible might say, and you might have it abundantly. 
And that's what we're talking about in this series. And the truth of the matter is, we are all kind of infected by this virus that is out to kill and to seek and to destroy us. And I'm not kidding, I'm not overstating that. But our Heavenly Father wants to give us life and life to the full, life in abundance. Not the survival kind of life. Not the survival kind of life. And so many translations, like I said, use that word abundance in that John chapter 10, verse 10. And sometimes it's helpful to go back and to look at what that verse uh, what that word really means, and, and, and again, the Bible's written in Greek, uh, the New Testament is written in Greek, so you go back to that, and I did some comparison this week, and here's what that word abundance means. It means in the Greek, it's the word parisos, and it says to have a surplus, to have more than what is necessary or extra, uncommon, or exceeds expectations, it's something superior. It's not just existence. It's an addition to existence, even a form of happiness. So what I'm trying to say here, there's no, there's no hidden meaning. What the word means in Greek is the same thing it means in our translation in English. It means the same thing. And God wants you to have abundant life. And you might be sitting there saying, well, my thought that God was kind of about rules and obedience and angels dressed in white robes that sing in really reverby choruses. No. No. Jesus came to give us the ability to have a life that is free and extra. And we today and in this series have been wanting to challenge the survival mindset. Now, I don't want to ask out loud, but think in your head, how many of you feel like you're just surviving right now? Why don't we live in abundance? Why don't we live life to the full? Some of you are living in a very defeated way today. Some of you know that's true. Some of you are living this way and you don't even realize it. Why don't we live in an abundant life? Why don't we feel like we can? Why don't we live with an abundance mindset? And in my conversations and in my interactions with people here and around, I think people really struggle with living in an abundance mindset. And therefore, you are living with a scarcity mindset. Because by definition, you can't not be doing one and not be doing the other. Like, it's, a, it's one or the other. It's kind of like your money or your net worth. It's either increasing or it's not. You're either actively saving money and putting it somewhere, or you're not saving it. You're spending it, and it's going somewhere that you might not even realize. And so anyway, our working theory, Carrie and I, as we're going through this series, is that we struggle, people struggle to live in a mindset of abundance, and then we wonder why things are the way they are. Why we can't get over the hump, it seems, or why things might even be getting worse, or even worse than that, why we might even want to stay there. 
So, as we jump in today, I wanted to be able to define what I mean by abundance mindset and scarcity mindset, and this is how we're going to do that today. I want everybody, everybody in this room, this is not a hard thing, it's okay, I just want you to hold out your hands. I just want you to hold out your hands like this, just like this, okay? Now I want you to close your fists. Everybody, we're just closing our fists, and then we're going to go like this to our chest. And I want you to hold that for a little bit. This is the picture of scarcity mindset. This is our visual illustration. This is our picture of scarcity mindset. You can relax if you want. Scarcity is what I'm going to call the currency of the world's kingdom or the devil's kingdom. And here's what I want us to get, and I'm going to have a slide that's going to help us. Here's the key principle of a scarcity mindset. God is a taker. He can't be trusted, and he wants something from us. Now, I just want to let that sit for a little bit. I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey. Does that resonate with you? Or our key response in a scarcity mindset is, why would God do this to me? Why would God let this happen? Starting to maybe feel a little bit familiar to us. Uh, maybe a perspective that we have. Our feelings dictate our happiness. And our concern is our goals and agendas. Now, again, I'm just going to let that sit with you for a minute. And if you really let that sit and let that get into your heart, soul, and mind, you realize that you might be living, even if you didn't realize it, with a scarcity mindset. In other words, you're going like this, and this is how your life feels. But, by contrast, here's the abundance mindset. Now, I want everybody to open their hands. Everybody, again, we're doing this together. We're going like this. I want you to relax them by your sides. Hold them softly away from your chest. And here's our picture of abundance mindset. See how much different that feels? Abundance, it's the currency in God's kingdom. Now, currency is... is, is um, it's, it's how we exchange goods and services, right? And so I actually kind of looked that word up this week, currency. It comes from the Latin word career, C-U-R-R-E-R-E. And it means to flow. And I liked that for what we're talking about here. Look at the abundance mindset. Here's the principle. God is a giver. He's good. And he's for us. Our response is, what is God going to do through this? When we hit trouble, when we hit that, those tough spots, God, what are you going to do? I'm looking forward because I don't understand it right now. Our perspective, our faith dictates our happiness. Not our feelings, our faith. And lastly, our concern is God's glory and his agenda. And I would challenge you, when's the last time you thought about God's Glory in his agenda. 
This to me is a huge difference. And this is why we're talking about this. In particular, going into the holiday season, in particular, in a time that a lot of us are going to struggle with difficult situations in our life and difficult things that might come up in our families, all that kind of stuff, are we living in an abundance mindset? God, I believe you're good. I believe you're a giver. Or, God, I'm not really sure what your point is. Why is all this stuff happening to me? Because it seems like you just keep taking and taking. So how do we begin to change? How do we begin to go from scarcity mindset to abundance mindset? And here's what I'm going to say. I want you to open your hands. We already did it. Open your hands. And I'm going to talk about just a few things today that we need to open our hands towards. So if you're taking notes, you could write these down. Also online, all of our notes are in the links there. So first thing, as we move, remember all of us, we want to move from scarcity to abundance. The first thing I think we need to do is hand over our idea of fairness. Hand over our idea of fairness. I'm going to tell you all what I tell my kids all the time. Life is not fair. This shouldn't be news to any of us. It really shouldn't. And yet we have this thing in our minds, we have this thing that we think, we have this standard that we believe is right and just and fair, and if things don't go according to that, it wrecks our entire lives. It wrecks our entire perspective. Is life fair? No. And as far as we can determine in our own way of human thinking, it's never going to be, and I want to tell you, don't get it twisted. It, it, we were never promised that. We were never promised that life was going to be fair. And so here's what I do know. We don't get to decide what is fair in life, but we do get to decide how we respond to the circumstances in our life. And the sooner we begin to realize this, the sooner we get, we move towards contentment in our life which is a huge piece of what we're talking about when we're talking about abundance mindset. Stop allowing your feelings to dictate your happiness or your circumstances to dictate your happiness. I want us to get to the point where the Apostle Paul got to. And he said, whatever state I am, I have learned. Notice, there was a journey that went with that. Doesn't just happen overnight. He says, but I have learned that in whatever state I am, this is in Philippians chapter 4, I believe, I will be what? Content. Philippians 4, verse 11. And so here is what I want to say, and this might be hard, but I'm going to say it. We need to stop with victim mentality. I see this all the time 
And it's at a point where I'm concerned about it. And I just want to say, listen, all of us have been bought with a very high price. Way too high of a price to keep throwing it in God's face and blame him or anyone else on what has come to pass in your life. And I see people all the time who say they're following the way of Jesus and yet they're living in this constant victim mentality. And I, as, as lovingly as I could say, it's killing you. It is. It's prohibiting you from having life to the full that Jesus wants us to have. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. There's several angles to a victim mindset, and I'm not here to give you the psychology lesson, uh, but there are two pieces uh, to this mindset as I see it. Number one, bad things that happen, people with a victim mentality will blame other people. When bad things happen, there's always the fault of other people. Nothing's your fault, and that benefits you. That benefits you by being able to pass along any burden or responsibility on situation in life. And we need to be extremely careful for that. The second thing is, you know, this series of events or life in general seems to be orchestrated against you. And now I feel like now you're just handing over any kind of empowerment that you might have that Jesus gives you to other people because now everything else is just a matter of circumstance. Victim mentality sucks the joy out of your life. And what ends up happening is you end up magnifying the difficulties and minimizing the blessings in your life. I'm going to say that again. You end up magnifying the difficulties. In, you know, that's a scarcity mindset. Instead of magnifying the blessings, abundance mindset. Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 4 where he just said, I've learned whatever state I am to be content. This is what he says in the following verses, and I don't have them up on the screen. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or with little, no matter what, good, bad. That's what he's saying. So then the next verse says, I can do everything. Through Christ, who gives me strength? So here's a start for you to beat the scarcity mindset of victim mentality that might be holding you back. Number one, we have to accept we live in a fallen world. The world is not fair. Number two, you must accept that not all bad that happens in your life is bad. That sounds weird, but it's true. That bad actually can be worked for good. It's going back to what I said before. Okay, God, what do you want to do through this? What are you trying to teach me? And number three, God empowers us with his strength to get through every circumstance. Not avoid not do the route around, no, 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 to go through, as Paul said, with his strength in his viewpoint. We need to hand over our idea of what is fair. And I'm going to challenge you, if you can do that, watch how your life begins to change. Number two, and there are three things today, just in case you're counting down the time. 
I want you to understand we need to hand over your idea of ownership. So first we're going to hand over our idea of fairness. And in order to live in an abundance mindset, now we need to start handing over our idea of ownership. Now, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail here because I think this is where I'm going next week. But let me just say a few things about this. Abundance mindset begins when we realize that God is the owner of everything. He gives and takes as he wills. And, and when you hear about this, this term, the sovereignty of God, that's, what, that's kind of the big gist of what that means. God is over all things. And if we can go back to that chart again and believe that God truly is a giver and not a taker and that he is good and for us and not against us, we will then begin to realize that everything, everything, and that's a key word today, everything is better in his hands. King David in the Bible knew this. And, uh, and so if you go back to the Old Testament, one of the things that they needed to do was rebuild the temple. And David wanted that job, although, you know, the Bible tells us that it was going to go to Solomon, his son. But David was the biggest champion for this. And you could estimate that King David and all his wealth and all his riches and all his prowess, you know, some have estimated, I read, that he gave billions of dollars towards this project. Which is fascinating to think about it. You could read about the story in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And then after he gives, David brings all this stuff and he gives it to God. This is what I want you to see and listen to today. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This is the prayer that David prays in front of all the people as this temple is about to be built. He goes, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power in the glory, in the victory, in the majesty. Kind of like Psalm 150, huh? Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. You rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, sovereignty of God, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have, get this, has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. Is that prayer not incredible or what? You're talking about a guy who understood that he was not an owner, though he had great wealth. He knew that God and God alone was the owner and the giver of all things. And we're just here to steward it. You see, the world system is scarcity. And what does that look like when it comes to ownership? Here's what it, here's what it looks like in the world or in, in, the, in the devil's kingdom, if we want to use that phrase. Number one, it's get yours. Get yours, man. Or you deserve it. 
or wealth looks like this. You fill in the blank with what your definition is. Happiness is gained when you get this, achieve this. See, that's, that's, that's as ironic as it sounds, that's scarcity mindset. Here's abundant mindset. God, it's all yours. Thank you for blessing me. Now, what do you want to do with it? How do we work this together? Scarcity is, I need to keep, I need to take, I need to get, I might lose. And if you find yourself finally, you know, going back into that thought, you might have a problem with the idea of ownership. And let me say again, gently and in love, too many of my friends struggle with the idea of ownership. And you're being deceived by the way of the world when it comes to possessions. And it's absolutely tying up your life instead of freeing you. Scarcity makes us possessive. But abundance makes us generous. All that we have, God, comes from you. You are the owner of all things, and I'm entrusted with it. And so to hand over your idea of ownership... And watch how you begin to change. Talking to everybody today, wherever you are, because I know people have been walking with God for a long time that struggle with all of this, including myself. This is why this series is so important. So number one, hand over your idea of fairness. Hand over your idea of ownership. And finally, hand over your idea of winning. How many people like to win? I love to win. I'm very, I'm very um, uh, sketchy about people who's like, yeah, I don't really care if I win or lose. Uh. <clears throat> Sarah. <clears throat> I know my wife wants to win games. I know she does. She just says she doesn't. We all want to win. We might want to win in our own way. That might look different for everyone, but we all want to win. And then, you know, you go to the post, say, hashtag winning, you know. But I just want to explore just for a minute today, what, what, is, what does winning look like with abundance mindset? What does winning look like when it comes to abundance mindset? Is it what the world, how they would view winning? And again, by now you're saying, no, Tom, that's a stupid question. Yeah, again, I get, I get it. So here's where I want to go with this. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You have to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That's Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Let me ask you, does that sound like the world's idea of winning? No. 
You see, in God's kingdom, everything's flipped upside down. We, as followers of Jesus, live in an upside down world. What makes, doesn't make sense in the world all of a sudden begins to make sense as a believer and as a follower of Jesus, yet I still feel like we're so stuck here. And what I think the author here is saying is that when we start considering others ahead of ourselves, that's hashtag winning. That's what he means when he says, love each other, work together with one mind and one purpose. I think we are so far from one mind and one purpose because we are out, remember, for our own agendas and goals. Is this making sense? Winning is loving well. Stop putting your worth in what you attain and what you achieve. That's winning for a week or a month until you want that next thing. But in God's economy, your worth has nothing to do with that. Your worth is found in loving well. I did a wedding recently, and I just got to the point where mostly, again, if you ask me to do a wedding, I'm pretty much saying the same thing every time, just so you guys know that, okay? Um, and there's this one part when I do weddings that has become really meaningful and important as I talk about it. And I say, love does not keep score of the sins of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7 says, I'm going to read the whole, this whole passage. It says, love never gives up. By the way, people call this the great love chapter in the Bible, right? Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others winning. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Love puts up with anything. Love trusts God always. Love always looks for the best. Love never looks back. Love keeps going to the end. That's winning in God's economy and in God's kingdom. So we started with this and we all to some extent are doing this and we're clutching and we're grabbing on and my whole message today is when we want to turn from scarcity mindset to abundance mindset, we need to open our hands. And we need to start by handing over our idea of what fair looks like. We need to hand over our idea of what um, ownership looks like. And we need to hand over our ideas about what winning looks like. And let me encourage you, this will take you your whole life. You're not going to walk out of here saying, oh, I got it. I'm good to go. Hashtag winning. No, no, no. This is going to be something that we work on always. But do you see the difference? Do you see why this is important for everything? When we talk about abundance mindset, you know, we're not talking about 
a gospel that's all about getting for ourselves, becoming rich, and everything becomes okay because we have... No, 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 no. It's the farthest thing from that. We need to lock this in our hearts and our minds and in our heads. And God will do amazing things. Watch how you begin to change. Watch how you begin to change. We can just start with those three things. So as I end, do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel like you're losing? Do you feel like you can't get out of the rut? Do you feel like you're not living in abundance? I would say that probably we all to some extent feel that way, but when we can change our mindset, God will do amazing things. As I wrap up, and in the context of abundance mindset, I make a very important uh, church announcement today. And um, at the end of the day, it's all good, uh, but it's important for everyone to know that our children's ministry director, Michelle, is going to be moving on from her position at the end of this month. We love Michelle. We love Michelle. I say that Michelle has been one of the best hires we've ever made as a church for so many reasons. But here's the thing. Um, God has just led her to a path, and she has found a job in the area that she got her degree in after all these years. She's excited to start that as a child development. Yep. And it was time. And I think we always knew this was kind of a, a, uh, you know, wouldn't be a long-term thing. And so she's sad, but she's excited at the same time. And guess what? So am I. And so is the rest of our staff. But abundance mindset says, okay, God, what's next? What are you going to do with that? We could question why all we want, but that is not, that's scarcity mindset because I believe God has great things in store, not only for this church, which he does, but also for Michelle's life. And so over the next month, uh, we're going to celebrate her. And um, now that it's out in the open, you know, we could talk about it and you can go up to Michelle and, and just let you know, let her know how much you appreciate her. Listen, she loves your kids. And um, kids are important here at Hope. And um, so your next question might be, well, then what are we going to do with that? And, and the question, the answer I have is, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I, we don't know. Um, we don't know where, where God's going to take that. Certainly there's going to be a gap starting, at the, starting in December. And so let me encourage this church that we have always had a very strong um, connection to teenagers and to children, and I want that to stay the same, but, but it's not going to happen without your help. It's just not. I'm going to be straight up honest with you, and I'm not afraid to say that. We need people in this building and in this room right now to step up and say, you know, I could help once a month. I could, I could help be a mentor to kids. I could help sing songs. I could help sit with kids. I could help greet families as they come in and help them check in. Everything that you can imagine that we do on a scale when, that you experience, we need that help. And so I want you to consider that seriously. And actually this week I've thought about, I'm probably going to be putting together, whether it's a video or live, just getting people in the room who's like, you know what, I love Hope Church, I love what you know, the vision here is, and I want to be a part of it, and I'm going to explain all the different areas 
There are so many ways that we can step up. And let me tell you something as I close, and I know I'm rambling now, but listen, this is abundance mindset. We cannot come into church on Sunday and just expect to sit down and have a great message and have good music and then go. That's not church. That's not church. We need every single person who calls Hope Church their home to get involved and to step up. And I'm not afraid to say it because, you know what, this is how churches die and we don't want to do that. There's too many amazing people in this place with amazing skill sets. Don't be scared. We will help you. But I wanted to end with a song today, and then I'll come up and just kind of dismiss us. But this song is called Waymaker. Right? That's the one we're doing, right? Waymaker. Um, and, and it gives us a chance to say once again, God, even when I don't see it, what? You're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And we need to say this out loud as a church because something happens when we do that. So let's stand to our feet. Let's sing this out and then we'll wrap up.